All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our Future Systems Podcast live Q&A show. Woo! <sighs> Uh, strangely, I think the intro did not have the audio in it. I may, I may have used the wrong intro, so I apologize for that. We normally have a cute little theme song and everything, but either way, you know, so this is this, what happens when you do it live. So it's okay. Uh, this week we're joined by internal expert, Matt Bach. Uh, he does our content creation sort of applications, um, you know, like the Adobe suite, DaVinci Resolve, that sort of thing. Um, we are going to be focusing on Adobe stuff uh, this week uh, because there's been some pretty cool uh, updates to the After Effects beta, if, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have beta. The stuff that uh, they haven't said when it's going to come out, but I mean, like, mm -hmm. I mean, Adobe Max is in October. Oh, so prob <laughs> probably so, around then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows which, I mean, some of this stuff, maybe not some other parts. I mean, that's the really cool thing about a public beta, like they've been doing recently is mm -hmm. like we get to see it super early and we might see like multiple rounds of things so like some of this might come out in october some of them might come out later when it's ready yeah i don't know anything with software like you never know when it's actually going to be ready <laughs> sure sure well that's cool though uh i so i guess it, I, this all really kind of the first kind of big thing was um the multi-frame rendering which is yeah. super cool um give us a little explanation of that uh and then whatever whatever else you got in store for us yeah, sure. So multi-frame rendering, I think, is the big thing. Um, and it's kind of kind of eclipsing everything else because there's a bunch of other things, really cool things that I kind of want to talk about more because we did a stream with um, Sean Jenkins uh, of mm -hmm, Adobe. He's mm -hmm. one of the Adobe devs. And uh, we did a stream, what was that, like a month ago, a month and a half ago? Was uh, it? Where we we, yeah, with him. Yeah, and I we went around there. Yeah, we went pretty deep into it. So if you're really interested in that stuff, I'd go back and watch that stream. There's going to be way more because we spent you know a whole hour talking about just the multi-frame rendering. Uh, but in a nutshell, it, it so After Effects most of the time today it's very lightly threaded. Like it does one frame and then the next frame, then the next frame, then the next frame. And so like these big huge CPUs that we have now, like these 64 core monsters and stuff, aren't really great for it. Uh, they're sp spending a lot of time right now putting in what they call multi-frame rendering, mm -hmm. where it will kind of, it, I mean, it does multiple frames at once, uh, but it does it in a very smart way. Uh, they used to have something called render multiple frames simultaneously, which doesn't okay. roll off the tongue as much as <laughs> <No>. MFR. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of did the same thing, but it done it by spinning up like 10 instances of After Effects. So you need 10 times the RAM, 10 times the VRAM, and it kind of broke a lot with plugins, especially. Okay. Uh, and they uh, are completely redoing how it works and so it's in the beta now, but yeah, it lets you go way faster. Um, yeah. Some stuff, it's it, it really depends on what effects you use, um, mm -hmm. including like third-party stuff. Um, some things, it's like no faster. Other things will be two times faster. I think that's going to be the most common is around 2x for oh, most people's stuff, which is, I mean, amazing. that's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I've seen, the most I've seen so far is a six times uh, improvement in performance. And so that, that's like not changing your hardware. That's just changing to the After Effects beta, or you know, hopefully when it actually gets pushed pushed live, because they're still yeah. doing a ton of work. Oh, um, then it'll just like some people will just be like, "Oh, my stuff renders six times faster now." Oh, that, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Imagine like you, you know you're rendering something right now, and it's something complex, and it's you know you're playing it back at like five FPS, and then the next day you update After Effects, and oh, now it's thirty FPS. Great, it's real time now. Yay! Like, that's nuts. Like you can't work with five FPS. Like you can't see what's going on 
you don't get a sense of flow, but once it's right. up to 30, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's gonna can. be cool. Oh, I love hearing about this stuff. It's always yeah. always cool. So, so, like, so what uh, what else have you been been po poking around with then, Matt? Well, th they're also doing a couple of really really cool things. Um, there's three that like w I don't think we talk about much because it's not direct like performance. It's more like workflow kind of things. But I think they're mm -hmm. really cool, and I, I think they're worth really talking about um, yeah. because they're going to get again overshadowed by MFR. Right. Um, the, the, I'll just say them and then we'll, I, I kind of like want to show them. Um, one mm -hmm. is they finally added notifications built in. So like you finish mm -hmm. a render and you can actually get like mm -hmm. a message on your phone. They're like, oh, your render finished or hey, your render broke, like Ooh. remote in and or, you know, go check it out because it's, you yeah. know, you need to change something. Uh, so that's, that's one that's really cool. Um, the other two things are a lot more like workflow. One is, um, I forget what they call it, but it's called uh, render when idle, I think. Basically, if you're just Ooh. sitting there like thinking and not like actively using After Effects, it'll uh -huh. start pre-rendering all the frames around your playhead so that when you do like hit play, it's already done. It's done that processing ahead of time so it'll play in real time, which yes. like, yeah, you kind of think like, yeah, why why wouldn't it do that? But uh, but hey, it's there. It's there now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Huh. Uh, so that's the oh, second yeah, I kind of want to show. And then the third is uh, they have a new tool called dynamic composition analysis. It's really, it's, that one's the really cool one. So I'll probably leave that one for third because okay. it lets you do some pretty neat stuff. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the, uh, I like the idea of the, the notification, like push notifications, especially with um, Adobe acquiring frame IO, frame.io. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, that's, that's going to be a much simpler, like sort of remote workflow uh, solution, I guess, is the best way to put that. And so, yeah, say you're you're at home and you left your project to do whatever it's supposed to do for over the night or over the weekend or whatever, and you can get a little bling, and then with Frame.io, like I guess built in, you'll be able to kind of fix it or or start the next job or do something with that time, yeah, with that notification, without having to go in to the office or whatever, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I do kind of want to show these. I just realized that I was remoting into the wrong computer. So <laughs> that's why I was really confused. Like, why isn't this here? It's because I hadn't. So let me fix this one first. And then I, I kind of want to remote in to show some of these other one, these uh, these things. Yeah. Oh, and I changed the wrong. Shoot. Uh, I'll have to make sure I fix that afterwards. Let me, let me write myself a note <laughs> to fix that system. Uh, there we go. Okay, let me go into this one. Because, I mean, a lot of this stuff, like seeing it, it you know, is so much better. Okay. Oh, this, is a, this is an interesting question while we're kind of uh, yeah. in, in this in-between. Uh, Rodri Mora on the YouTube asks, uh, I don't know if you're taking questions for the chat, but do you think, um, I'm going to paraphrase and say, there's going to be a push for Linux support for Adobe and uh, or other professional apps with the Steam Deck accelerating things. And also since the latest acknowledge of privacy stuff, uh, more people go into open source systems. I highly doubt you're gonna see Adobe adding Linux stuff. Um, that's a big deal. And man, just seeing how much work they had to put in to get like it working on Mac OS with ARM Mm -hmm. you know, with the, the new M1 stuff and, you know, that, that kind of thing. I would be extremely surprised if they made, like, Photoshop for Linux or something like that. The, the, the user base is just too small. 
Um, yeah. Honestly, I mean, I know there's people that do it. You know, there's a lot of people that love that kind of stuff. But in reality, again, the user base yeah. is tiny compared to Windows and Mac OS. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely get the feeling, uh, even even from like a, a Windows and Mac focus, I feel like Adobe is definitely like doubling down on the ARM thing, um, focus a lot on their mobile apps, like the iPad Pro stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of their experience with like iPad, uh, Photoshop for iPad really helped with the M1 move as well. It's just, they, yeah. I feel like, I feel like internally they have a, and it's a purely opinion, but I definitely feel like uh, they have more, more of a focus on mobile and, and the M1 stuff than, than even like Windows, honestly. Well, well, I think some of it's just like, there's not a good Windows mobile thing. Um, right. Cause like they, they do have like Photoshop and Russian stuff. Like you can do that on Android too. It's just, mm-hmm. there's not really good Android like, tablets like you're not going to use photoshop on your phone much um although i think they're trying to do that more but like on an ipad yeah because like using it as like a drawing drawing tab and tablet and all that kind of stuff totally um whereas like rush rush is a phone thing though and that that's platform agnostic but Yeah. yeah if there was like a good windows tablet i think we'd see a lot more like things there it's just that there's not a like windows yeah, that just doesn't exist. Like the iPad is too good. <laughs> I mean, there is a there is an ARM flavor for Windows 10, and I I think they're yeah. they're Windows Microsoft is putting a little bit more effort into it with the push from um you know the M1 stuff, but it's it's like it's overshadowed by their you know x86 platform and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are we? What are you showing us here? Oh, okay. Here, that, let me uh, let me actually switch to complete full screen. So this is a uh, I'm remoting into a system at the office. So um, there's a little bit of like mouse lag. You'll notice there's like two mice and stuff. So eh, don't worry <laughs> about that. Um, so yeah, the, the kind of go through the things that I was talking about before. The the oh, wrong buttons. The push notifications. It's really easy. Just when you're doing your export, there's just a button for like, hey, notify me. Oh, neat. <laughs> Great. And, and what it does is. Um, I mean, I can even try, I can just do it. Oh, I don't have MFR on. I'll also turn MFR on on this in just a second. Um, but all it does is it just uses Creative Cloud to, it just tells you like you know, on your computer, hey, it finished, just finished rendering. Um, and if you have Creative Cloud on your phone, like, cause mm-hmm. you can install Creative Cloud on your phone, then it'll also push to your phone. So you'll get a notification that, hey, this thing finished rendering. And I believe it'll also tell you if it breaks, I'm not sure how to, make it break so, <laughs> so uh, I, that's just uh, i'm pretty sure it'll do that yeah. uh but yeah you can also have it notify when just the entire queue uh completes uh you know there's settings for it you know you can have it automatically notified because you a link to download the creative you know mobile and app and all that kind of jazz is that only for after effects or is that going to be for like media encoder in general this is right now it's only an after effects um i would be very surprised if it doesn't eventually make its way to like media encoder and premiere pro um more and more a lot of these apps are starting to kind of tie together um so i I think some of it is they'll they'll develop it on one app and then it'll make its way over Um, it's just like a content aware fill in after effects like it was a photoshop thing and then they migrated it over to after effects and now we have like super good content aware fill on video yeah Uh, okay so it, it why why have two teams working on developing something when you can have one team develop it and then just port it over yeah so nice um i am going to turn on multi-frame rendering though because it makes things a lot better oh yeah (laughs) 
I mean, that was there still pretty quick, but that'd be, I mean, it was I don't oh, know, yeah. five, or, five or 10 seconds well, to, heck, to do that, but now it'll be like two. Yeah, well, I mean, that. so that was eight seconds. I don't know if this one actually does really good with MFR. Because, um, again, yes. it depends on what the thing is. <laughs> so two, two seconds. There you go. So, yeah, it went from eight seconds to two seconds to render. Um, uh, I'm your, not sure how many. I think it's like 100 frames. There's your MFR. So, yeah, there's your there 4X too. performance. Yeah, one, <laughs> one setting and boom. Oh, and now it's pushing notifications. I actually don't want notifications <laughs> right now. So yeah, that's, that's the notifications. Like that's such a small thing, but for people that are actually doing this work like every day, like it is not at all unusual to start a render and then go home and right. have it you know run overnight, or like you're pushing it off to another system. Like you have a render server, and yeah. hey, it'll, it'll just tell you, so you don't have to like constantly check like, oh, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Just like, oh, it'll tell you. So that's okay. that's really cool. Squeezing um, every every minute, every second you can out of your workflow. Yeah. Uh, so an, another thing that they have. Uh, so here, I'll just kind of let it do it. I'll, I'm going to purge all the cache. Why are you way over there? And we'll just keep. I'll kind of explain what it is. So the render when idle is, mm -hmm. is the other thing. So we're just going to be idle here. I think the default is eight seconds, uh, but you can change it anywhere down to two seconds to fifteen seconds. Okay. Um, Hopefully it's on. I think it's on. Yeah, there we go. So you know, it's like I'm not oh, doing oh, anything. I see the, the little green thing. Yeah. So green in After Effects means that it's uh, rendered into RAM. Um, okay. So basically, if I hit play here, it just you know plays in real time. In fact, I can uh, here it'll say it's like just playing 30 FPS real time. Versus if I cleared the cache and you can see how it would go normally. Also, notice I'm not full screen. That really bothers me. <laughs> uh, normally. Uh, let me switch to full two. Normally you hit play and I'm getting, oh, is this one actually really, really good? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I might have to switch to something else. <laughs> A little more complicated, huh? Um, man, did they make something better? I think I updated too. I, I can tell I you my, this uh, was... my After Effects project for the intro this... background is very intricate and takes, a, for 20 seconds, it's like, it's it takes quite a little while. So I'll be- yeah. I'll be hyped to to start using some of these features personally. Yeah, I mean th this is a pretty beefy system. I think this is the thirty nine ninety five WX. So you know th there's a lot of cores. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the sixty four core I've, I've been playing around with 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 it. It's like this one. You know, it was fifteen FPS normally, but like, how often do you sit here and you're like fiddling with you know, oh, I want to fiddle around with these effects, you know, on this thing. And you know you're not actually doing anything in After Effects. Like right. After Effects isn't having to process anything, so it just like says, "Oh, you're not actually doing anything right now that needs like CPU performance." All right, I'll just do things ahead of time. And like, yeah, nice. okay, if you change this this setting, you know, it'll have to redo this. Um, so you know, it, it clears it out. But hey, like you know, all the other pre comps and stuff are done. And oh, anyway, if you throw it out, whatever. What did I waste? Some yeah. CPU cycles that are idle. Right. Um, so oh, I, that, I, yeah. I could see. I could see someone on like a laptop. Turn, you you'll might want to turn that off because you know if you're on battery, <laughs> you might not want basically After Effects using your entire CPU constantly nearly. Yeah. Uh, but it, but like desktops or where you're plugged in or whatever, like uh, you know it's great. It's like you know if I'll clear cache again, is it that? Okay, I always try to forget. I always forget the hotkeys for different things. But like it'll it'll just like do it while we're you know sitting here talking or, or chatting or whatever and. I'm not sure how many frames it caches right now, but 
I don't know why it would limit it to anything. Like, yeah, I mean, if, if you've got the free memory for it, why would you, why would you not? Yeah, I mean, again, right now it is beta, and I think I've seen a few where it stopped at a certain point, and I'm not sure why, because, you know, there was free RAM, but it's beta. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's beta. Uh, but yeah, like here, like, yeah, it's good there, and, you know, instead of 15 FPS, now I'm getting 30, and, you know, it's just it's just done. Uh, so that's really, really cool. I, I really like that. That That's one of those, like, I, I don't know how much time it took them to develop that but i can't imagine it was a ton of time right because you just basically have to have like determine when it's idle long enough and then just start you know caching but still like it's such a nice feature the the last thing um man we are definitely going to have to take questions from people because we're going to run out (laughs) yeah i don't because these things are really cool but there's not like not really a ton to show um but this last one is really cool so it's um it's called uh, what do they call it technically? Dynamic. It's not something... dynamic. No, it's not dynamic composition oh. analysis. It's uh, I want to make sure I'm saying the right. Let's see, what do they call it? It's not speculative preview. Speculative preview is what we were just talking about. Um, dynamic composition analysis. No, it's not that. It's the composition profiler. Uh, oh, dynamic okay. composition yeah, yeah. analysis is like back in make things better stuff, but the composition profiler. Uh, which I've heard some of the guys on the After Effects team, I'm not sure if this is like a public, they call it Gary the Snail. <laughs> so <laughs> way down here, you can see this uh, little snail oh. icon, which maybe... Can I, it's, it's pretty little. Where's the zoom? Zoom. Can't you just like zoom anymore in? Uh, I like zoom. I don't... Turn on magnifier. Maybe. Oh yeah! That, whoa! Oh, hey! Okay, maybe I maybe I shouldn't do this. Let's turn off. My <laughs> well, there's a little snail down here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can just turn it on. Well, even before you turn it on, uh, there's this but there's this uh, box down here. It's saying 243 milliseconds. That's just how long it took to render this this last frame uh, when you're when you're clicking around. So oh, okay. Some of these ones down here, uh, you know, 296. This frame 165. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if I don't have anything cached, it should be, oh no, it actually even tells you if, if it was cached or not. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so it'll tell you how long it takes to render that frame and like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, it's not really all that useful, but when you turn on the full thing, it'll tell you by layer how long it uh-huh. took to render each frame. So I know like if I'm, if I'm, you know, really messing with this, you know, this comp and, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on it, man, I really want to be able to play, you know, better. I want to get real time here. It's just kind of jerky. It's kind of hard. Uh, you can either turn down the playback resolution that only works to a certain point. It depends on, you know, kind of what you're doing, but you yeah. can also see like, oh, okay, well, it's mostly this reflect, but you know, I can turn, the, you know, yeah, that's fine. I'm looking for like timing right now. I really don't need that. So I can just turn that off and then hit play. And yeah, now Ooh. it's real time or close to it because yeah. that was, like, if I turn it back on, it was like half the processing time. Yeah. So you can you can do that when you're working because you do that a lot when you're working on this kind of stuff. Like you turn off crap and like, okay, I mostly focus on this. So I'll turn off these other things so I can you know focus on what I'm focusing on. But being able to know that like, oh, I can leave these on because these are both one millisecond. Like, yeah, I don't have to turn that off. Or this one, this blur. Oh, this blur is only fifty milliseconds. Yeah. yeah, I can leave that on. Whatever. I'll turn off this one that's, you know, a quarter of a second by itself. Or uh, or maybe this one. I would turn that one on. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, really cool 
for like workflows. It's not going to yeah. change like how fast you export or like, you know, the look of your projects or anything right. like that, but it lets you be a lot more effective in, you know, actually working in real time on, on your projects. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. Cause one of the things that, um, again, like from my own experience with, um, like the intro, the little intro clip that I, that I do, mm -hmm. um, uh, the background of that has like all of these little lines that that kind of draw and fade and and whatnot, and that slows things down. If I have those visible in After Effects, when really all I'm changing is the text and and mm -hmm. and the transform of that text, and so like I have to go deep into some of those layers and turn off some of that stuff. So all I see in the the viewport is just the text, and you know making sure things move the way that they they should. So that's it's cool to be able to. I, I can That's see cool. where in a very complicated composition, it'd be it'd be important to know where your oh, yeah. your slowdowns are and stuff without having to like turn off a big chunk of everything. You can just target the the stuff that's really slowing you down. Yeah, well, like, like something like this. So this is uh, the After Effects I, Pulse benchmark. It's it's a, a project they put out when uh, they started having MFR out to uh, beta, so mm -hmm. that they could uh, just so people could have an example project. And this one's yeah. a great example of that because there is a lot of layers in here. There's a lot of pre-comps. Um, now, it's, it's a little bit... I'm not sure why, but it doesn't always show all of the layers. Oh, there it is. Oh, because it wasn't an active layer. There, there was nothing there. So, like, here, you know, I can, again, see that, like, okay, of the layers that are actually, you know, doing anything right now, this one down here, way down here... Like right. this one took 1.14 seconds. Yeah, let's turn that off. Like, do we really need that? Like, okay, it's it's doing that thing. But okay, what well, if I'm working on timing for stuff? I can turn that off. And that's saving me a second and a half every frame. Wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, let's turn that off when we're working on things. And then right. you can go back and turn it on. I mean, it, it is, you know, it's always kind of tough to remember. Like, oh, what did I turn off? because I wanted just better performance versus, oh, I turned that off because I don't actually want that. You know, it was a you know, revision <laughs> or whatever, but still it, it's it's really, really nice to be able to see that like, yeah, okay. Yeah, this one layer is 1.14 seconds. Like, yeah. yeah, let's turn that off. Let's also turn off these two fractal noises that are, you know, each half a second. <laughs> yeah, let's turn off, yeah, what was it? It was this guy, you know, and that makes it way faster. Yeah, now we're down to 200, you know, 30 milliseconds per frame, nice. which is not bad. Because what is it at 30 FPS? What What's real time? Is that like 100 30, milliseconds? Yeah. What's that? Something like that. Is that like 100 milliseconds is it real time? Oh, I'm not sure. But I mean, that's still pretty fast. I mean, you, yeah. you blink you blink about that fast. So. Because <laughs> right, it's 30 frames per second. Is that right? No, I don't know the math. I can't. I don't, I don't want to math live. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, all of this stuff again. Beta, beta's beta. Uh, we we've had some issues. Like they, they, there was like a, a memory leak that we we told them that we found. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's the point of beta is to find these problems so they can yeah. get fixed before it's released. But so far, it's been pretty darn stable. I, I saw someone oh, asked it like if it's been yeah, pushed yeah. yet or not. I was just about um, to. Yeah, I don't know if I would use it in a, like a production environment. 
um, if Ooh. you know you're actually like really working. Um, if you have a really long uh, export, maybe actually load it up for rendering because I, I feel like the rendering side of it is the most stable. It's mm -hmm. it's all the stuff with live playback because they're they're uh, right now I know they're working a lot on making it like play faster so like you hit play and it immediately starts i know that's mm -hmm. the thing that they're working on right now there's a little bit of a lag um but like you don't care about that for rendering right uh, so it's um i, I would use the, maybe the exporting for like getting stuff done because again man if you can get your exports done two to six times faster yeah 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 that, that's that's a little you know groundbreaking um <laughs> but if you're like actually working yeah, I wouldn't quite yet. Um, and if you want to toy around with it, absolutely, um, you know, toy around with it. Um, and just biggest thing I can say is make sure you, you know, submit bugs, submit feedback. I think they even have, yeah, yeah, cool. So if you do load up the beta, you want to go back to the screen one more time? Oh, sure. Just because oh. I think there's a lot of people playing with these betas uh, for the yeah. first time. Um, so there's there's a couple of buttons up here at the top. The first, uh, or not first, the second one is like what's new. So you can go in here and you can see like what they've been doing. There's also a rate features. So if they're like working on multiple things, you can rate like, hey, I really like this or I don't like that or like, what do you care about more? So it doesn't look like they have anything there right now. Uh, but then there's also this, um, it's like a uh, speech bubble. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really easy way to report a bug. Uh, it'll copy all your system information and all, all that kind of stuff. Actually, I need to figure out how they do that because that would be really useful for me to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can request a feature, uh, visit community. So that just takes you to the beta uh, forum, which, mm -hmm. man, I've had really good luck on the beta forum of like, hey, I've got this problem and someone looks into it. Um, it might be because my like user handle is Puget Systems underscore Matt. <laughs> they recognize oh, me. But yeah. it's, usually they have pretty darn good, um, you know, people you know coming on here and uh you know answering questions because they seem really gung-ho on this open beta format that they're doing right now and yeah, that's great. I, I love that i i have huge props to the um who's who's doing it now the after effects premiere and photoshop i think are now all three completely in open public betas which awesome that's awesome that's yeah. so good like well, yeah. i'm sure they get a lot of noise but you get so much more information that like I mean, we run into this all the time, like with our testing and benchmarks and stuff. Like, yeah, we're doing this stuff, but we're in a very like isolated environment. Like, we don't have a bunch of junk on our, our test computers. People right. have a lot of junk on their computers. Yeah, and well, not just so, junk, like, but just like stuff that you need just to other... get your work done. Like, I mean, it's yeah. Or well, you know, and like, so... do do the After Effects devs also have like DaVinci Resolve and Fusion? You know, installed on the computers, and they're using that somewhat too. Like, no, probably not. Would you? Yeah. Right. Maybe there's probably a lot of people that would. Mm -hmm. So, well, and that's, I mean, that's why we call out a, at the end of our like benchmark articles and stuff. It's like, this is, this is purely for this one program. You as a, as a, as a, you know, person knee deep into this sort of industry, you're going to have plugins yeah. and things. You're going to have other programs running. Like our, all of our stuff is done in a, almost like a vacuum in a sense. Yeah. And I imagine it's yeah. very similar for the devs. Like they're, they're going to have as clean a system as they can so that they can, you don't get their work done and their work yeah. is programming this stuff. So, yeah. Um, I also saw, sorry, I'm, 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 I shouldn't even have the comments up cause you'd bring this up in a second. No, no. Someone also mentioned like how long it takes to move over like mm -hmm. your, your project to like the beta. The yeah, there we go. Yeah. If it's even uh, worth moving it over. The cool thing is 
there's no moving over. You just open it in the beta and then, yeah. you know, hit render. Like the, the, the project files are. Own... Yeah. 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 You can have both. Uh, in fact, I probably even have. Yeah. I have After Effects installed, <laughs> not, not the newest version. Um, oh. And then the, uh, the After Effects beta. And yeah, if I was working in After Effects, I would just hit save. I'd probably close After Effects. I'm not having the same project open on both. And then Smart. you just, you know, open After Effects beta, you open that project and then you can just hit render. Like the project files are interchangeable. And even yeah. after you've done something in the beta, if you hit save, you can still open it on the old one. So it's, it's pretty cool. good. I think Premiere Pro, it might need to migrate. You, you have to like, uh, if you've ever used Premiere Pro and you have an old project, it says like, hey, this has to be updated for the new version. It usually tries to save as a copy, not overwrite, right. um, unless you really want it to. Uh, but you can do that even in like the Premiere Pro betas, Photoshop. Um, After Effects is one of the weird ones where like you almost never have to migrate a project. It just always works in older and That's newer nice. versions. I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to get away with that <laughs> because there's so much stuff like with all these new effects, you know, they bought out. Uh, who is it? They integrated a bunch of like VR effects uh, a while back. Ooh. It was like metal, M-E-T-T-L-E they bought and added mm. all their effects native. Um, now the stuff with like Frame.io. I wouldn't be surprised if in, either in this version or the next version, we will have to like migrate projects in After Effects because yeah. the fact that it works right now on like the previous like five years worth of After Effects is pretty unusual. <laughs> well, I would say I hope, that sounds to me like it. that's a bit of a commentary on how much hasn't really changed in after effects right like if if, if there hasn't um, been a, any major like upheaval in how the the program is doing what it's doing then what do you need to either, either that or they were very good about how they handle like oh hey this effect is you know doesn't exist in this older version so i'll like i'll just like flag it rather than just like crashing nice. um, it, yeah, so okay. it's, it's also a testament to the devs i think of them how you know how they handled it um, you know, why like Premiere Pro isn't like that? I don't know. I mean, these these applications are so complicated and so oh, much man. of the code, like the underlying foundation, some of that stuff like, goes back to the 90s. Like, yeah. Well, and well, people ask like, well, why the... don't they just rewrite it? Well, yeah, okay, you want to do 30 years worth of development? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. Because I think uh, it was, you said it was Sean Jenkin, right? The the Adobe mm -hmm. team we talked to, he, he mentioned that, yeah, there's there's still code in there from like version two. Yeah, <laughs> premiere. Well, like like some stuff. If it works, great. There's no reason to change it. So some yeah. of it's just like, why? Why would you change this thing that works and is solid? Oh um, man. Some and of it is also probably. Yeah. Well, there's also I'm sure some. Of, I'm gonna use myself as much about it. Like there's times I'll go back to a project. Like you know, I I work on stuff you know semi regularly, and I'll go back and I'm like, why, why did I do that? Yeah. And then yeah. I I change it. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make this way better, and then it doesn't work. And I'm like, uh, I have no idea why this doesn't work. And yeah. then, okay, fine, I'll put it back. There's one time where if I took out a commented line of code, it broke. So I was like, fine, I'll just leave that comment there. Whatever. Weird. <laughs> I've got to move on. I've got other things to do. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, I do. I'm curious about this myself. Uh, Rodri Mora uh, asks, "Have you given Windows 11 a try yet? And is there any idea how the uh, how is the performance for content creation? If there's any difference, seems stable at the moment, driver wise." I personally haven't. Um, I'm kind of waiting uh, for. Oh shoot! I'm, I've always got to be careful about like. Yeah, NDA <laughs> stuff like dates yeah, and so, things like. I'm waiting for something. Yeah. So well, 
I, what I've heard is uh, Windows 11 will have better support for Alder Lake because Alder Lake will have the performance cores and the efficiency cores. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I think they used to call it Big Little and then Intel was like, no, nah, it's not Big Little. It's high performance and efficiency. Um, okay. well, I've heard Windows 11 is supposed to have uh, good su better support for that. So I'm personally kind of waiting for Alder Lake whenever that launches. Yeah. Uh, to really dive into Windows 10 versus Windows 11, because I think we're going to have to do a lot of that specific testing with Alder Lake. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, oh, we'll throw in a Ryzen CPU and a Threadripper. And then, hey, now we have, we've got a whole other set of articles. We've done all that testing. And like if it's going to change with Alder Lake, I'd rather just wait. Um, mm -hmm. So I haven't done much. I mean, I think Windows 11, was it November? Or is it just like holiday season 2021 I is when it's supposed to... Yeah, I don't think there's a specific date, even even as far as like a month, I don't think. Uh, yeah. At least not that I can, is coming to mind immediately. Yeah. Let's see, Windows 11 launch date, uh, 2021, great. Yeah, <laughs> sometime. <laughs> so between now and December, you know, 31st. Uh, despite the similarities between 10 and 11, I'm still concerned it's going to end up nuking program co compatibility like 10 did for eight and seven for a while. Yeah. I don't Who think knows? so. I. I Honestly, I don't think it's that significant of um, of a of a change. This honestly, it's it's. I really get the feeling. I know this is a little off topic, but I get the feeling Windows 11 is is a feature update in a with a different wrapping paper. It, it's not. It is not a new version of Windows. It is not like a kernel update. This is. Yeah. They're not significantly changing the operation of Windows 10. It's. It's a. It's their second feature update for the year, like they always do. They're just putting a different wrapper on it. They're calling it 11 because Apple updated Mac OS to 11. Honestly, it, I don't think it's that significant of a change. But yeah, it's who like knows? With, it's like who knows? yeah, it's like with Windows 8 to Windows 8.1, where like they just finally got rid of the stupid, terrible full screen start menu. Right. It's like oh yes, people hate the thing that like people hated before it was launched. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a lot of stuff like that. There will, like again, be this stuff for the the big little cores. Sorry, high performance, high whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like there will be some stuff for that, and it's supposed to have some. I know some other right. stuff, but I don't think app compatibility is going to be a big thing. I mean, I'm sure there will be ones, but like, I highly doubt like Adobe stuff. Side, but it's not going to be a. I don't think it's going to be like Windows's fault, right? It'll be something yeah. funky with how they accomplished their software to work or something. But, um, yeah, heck, there's there's always workarounds that people are taking advantage. Like I was using a technically a security vulnerability in uh, one of the benchmark updates I was, I've been working on, and then suddenly they patch, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> no, I can't use that. I have to figure out some other way. <laughs> so it, I, there might be like you know stuff like that, but yeah, um, I mean, still, I wouldn't update to Windows 11 when it first comes out. Like, same. No, I'm gonna give it like, I mean, personally, I'm gonna give it at least like six months because I have no need for Windows 11. I I used to like always update to the latest things because I like, you know, the new and shiny and stuff. Um, not really anymore. Now I'm like, yeah, I like going even from like Windows 8 to Windows 10, like it took me like a year because I was like, wow. ah, why? <laughs> it works. I know everything works. Yeah. I do want to touch on uh, the Emperor Overlord on Twitch. He says, he, I'm still waiting on um, on more directly collaborative software to appear. I'd kill to be able to easily have multiple people working on the same project without having to build out your own infrastructure for it and manually split up workload. I think the Frame.io thing is the solution you'll, you're looking for there. I, I think... Yeah, it, it might be. So for people who aren't aware, Adobe bought Frame.io, um, and Frame.io is like collaborative... 
Um, let's see, can I like... Our cloud-based collaboration platform enables you to stay connected with all your teams on videos, images, and more from anywhere on the planet. Is there yeah. marketing it, it's, line it's, on it's, um Let's see. No, I don't want to. For, uh, but having no experience it with it directly it. myself, I can't, I won't, I don't want to give you false hope or anything. Yeah, that, from, it, it seems that that is the point of them acquiring Frame.io is that it will give you the opportunity to to be better connected with more remote workflows. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of it, yeah, it's, it's like the multiple users on one project, which I mean, you can do right now with Premiere Pro and After Acts. you have, um, what, are the, what do they call it, team projects? Or they, they just made a pretty big update recently that really improved. I haven't messed with it myself, but I know they've been really working on it. And hopefully this Frame.io acquisition will just let them do even more and, you know, and build it in natively. Um, but I do think that that's one of the areas where DaVinci Resolve is just light years ahead of yeah. Adobe. They have really good collaborative. Uh, you have to set up a sql database so like there's a there's a little bit of setup involved i think most people they just get like a, a mac mini or you know a little system that just you know is their sql database and hopefully they're backing it up too yeah people are bad about backups um but then they just do that and then like you can be at home you can be you know at the office you can be in multiple places people can be all over the world and it's really cool because like you can both it, multiple people can be in a project but only one person on each tab, I think it is, can edit. Um, oh, so like, neat. if you have multiple people in the edit tab, you can't have like multiple people trying to cut things up and move things around because like, that good. would just be a nightmare. Yeah, that'd be insane. Yeah. Huh. So um, it and I last it's been years since I looked at it, but a couple of years ago, I know one of the common complaints was that you couldn't boot someone off. So if someone was like <laughs> they're on their computer at the office and they left it up like on the edit tabs. Mm -hmm. That means that no one can do any edits until someone comes in and just says like, no, close. And then, and then, you know, then they can edit. So I know years ago, that was one thing they wanted to like, it was a way to like take control um, of, you know, so you can make edits and stuff. And it, it was pretty cool. Like it worked really well. And they had good ways of like, there was a chat built in. Um, you could see who was on the project. You can nice. add notes. And that's basically nice. what Frame.io kind of does. So yeah. hopefully we'll see that in Premiere Pro and, you know, hopefully they figure out a good way because Premiere Pro isn't as much about tabs, it's more about like your, um, you know, your individual sequences and stuff. So hopefully mm -hmm. it'll be like anyone can edit any sequence, but like the sequence is locked until that person like closes it or something. So hopefully they, they, they get into that because that would be really, really cool. Like that, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, anything, anything more collaborative is, and again, I, I it's like this, the pandemic stuff is really, really put um you know the the pressure on to to work on these sort of collaborative efforts or and remote work and and team yeah. teamwork across different you know from all kinds of different locations and stuff it's it's yeah really put that front and center for a lot of people yeah there's still a few other things that are really good with resolve that premiere doesn't have um one thing that resolve has is uh oh, i don't remember what it's called but, but you can set like media locations yeah. No, multi GPU. Yeah, that too. Uh, but um, you can set like your media location. So, uh, like different people, they can say, like, it's like basically a pointer to where you store your media. Cool. And, and you can have multiple pointers. So, in this cool. one project, you can have a pointer to this location and to this location. And, like, so if you're going between home and the office, you're opening this one project. 
you can have all those different pointers so you don't have to like relink the media every time because nice. like because you don't want to have to like stream your media over the internet to home when you're editing like that's right. gonna be awful like yeah, try doing that with like red 8k files that you're working with or prores like you're just not going to be able to so what you do is you take like you go into the office you get an external hard drive with mm -hmm. all of that media you take it home and then you tell it like no look over here but it doesn't actually override the project stuff so it doesn't screw it up for anyone else it's just for you and like that's oh. that's really cool like for me yeah. it's that so. i like that that's pretty cool huh Let's see. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm always curious about the future too, since we're talking about like After Effects beta and whatnot. Um, well, maybe some of it we can't really talk about because like Alder Lake, right, is coming, but mm -hmm. that's a whole weird pile of a ball of wax with with the efficiency cores, and performance cores, and stuff. It sounds it sounds cool. I'm just I'm curious. I don't expect it to work day one, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's there's gonna. Be, it's, I mean, it's, a, it, this is a huge change. It's a huge, mm -hmm. and, and like the, I know that we can kind of talk about some of this because it's public now, the architecture thing and whatnot. And that's a big, this is a major change for how Intel is doing things. And it's exciting, but also makes, makes me at least a little wary. Hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm this going to be curious. a lot of testing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know. With Alder Lake, um, once we're getting into testing and uh, we can publish stuff, um, let's see, what do we want to do? We want to do our normal performance stuff, you know, like at Premiere Pro, you know, whatever. I also want to do Windows 10 versus Windows 11 to see if the thread scheduling stuff in Windows 11 actually helps. <laughs> and then I also want to do some specific testing in some applications like, hey, if I turn off those efficiency cores, can I get some better performance? Because I would not at all be surprised if like, I don't know, Photoshop, Decides like you know, I'm Photoshop is very lightly threaded application. I wouldn't right. be surprised, especially day one, if it like for some reason starts running on one of the efficiency cores. Like that'd be bad, oh, and like man. the thread scheduling is supposed to prevent that. Right. But you know, you never know, and so cool. let's see if we can like accidentally force that. Like, yeah. can we have like After Effects? You know, start up After Effects. It's using all of the big cores, and then start doing something in Photoshop and see what happens. So like. I don't That'll know. Be we, we might find that some workloads, like turning off the efficiency cores, is actually better. Yeah. Um, it's well, just like hyperthreading. Hyperthreading in some that. cases. Yeah. Hyperthreading is amazing 95% of the time. And then sometimes, though, if you turn it off, you get better performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was, um, I want to say it was like photogrammetry was the one that really had a, had a big uh, performance change turning it off. Or at least I think with the uh, AMD stuff, it was. But man, yeah, it'll be, it's very interesting. I, I hope, I do kind of hope this puts them back even with AMD. Oh, um, so. I mean, it'll be really cool to see this, this tug of war yeah. back and forth. It'll be really fun to, to, to see if, if things kind of get crazy in that way. No, I mean, yeah, competition is always good. You know, if, if Ryzen hadn't like, especially this last gen, the 5000 series, if they hadn't like, I mean, totally destroyed Intel <laughs> uh, in most cases. Um, yeah. You know, we wouldn't be seeing this like big little, you know, stuff because it's it's hard to do. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to yeah. be problems. It's going to I, I anticipate it's going to be a little rocky for the first like month or so. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't actually know, but that's my guess. And but like we wouldn't be going through this Ooh. if AMD hadn't, you know, taken performance crown. And so right. this is the opportunity now for Intel to take the crown. Then what's AMD going to do? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, AMD's answer is always throw more cores at it. <laughs> I don't know if we, they can do that much longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, at some point you end up going to ARM if you're just going to fight with cores. Like, 
Yeah. Well, so. and like we're already to the point now because there, there's multiple things that are kind of a problem. Like again, this multi-frame rendering stuff in After Effects, like it's supposed mm -hmm. to be way better for higher core counts. But our, our initial testing that we did a couple months ago, when it was really early, we mm -hmm. found that like, oh no, the 5950X with 16 cores is still the fastest. It's still faster than the 64 core things. And that's yeah. because like, there's always going to be a balance. It doesn't matter. Um, and Windows, uh, when you get above 32 cores or 64 threads, because mm -hmm. uh, you have like hyper-threading or SMT on AMD, um, Windows has to divide it up into logical processor groups. So like oh. it has to group things. And then like right. you get into the same issues you get with like dual Xeons where... Like if Weird. this processor group needs information that is on the RAM on the other one, it has to like go across the bus over to it. And it, so like, unless the application is really, 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 really well threaded, <laughs> it's not often that those CPUs are the best. And yeah. so if, yeah. if AMD comes out with like a Threader Pro, or Threader Pro 128 core, I'm not even all that excited about it. Like the only sure. place that the, that high of core count helps is rendering like, ray trace rendering which gpus are just taking over right and some scientific stuff which gpus are taking over and like server stuff where you have less, like lots of users which yeah like, yeah okay great servers right well and, and at that point you, that is kind of built for that sort of thing like they have the, the yeah, structure they already one. have it's built yeah, and for, they already have a 128 core epic cpu right do yeah. they, don't they do that i don't, I don't know, know. But yeah, I know, but like I know the stuff we play with, man. That's it. Yeah. But like <laughs> desktops and workstations and stuff, AMD, I, I don't see a point to more than 64 cores, like really at, at all. So like if they come out with a higher one, I don't think that's going to be the answer. Because already yeah. we don't sell the 64 core nearly as often as we do the 32 because the 32 is usually way cheaper and faster. Yeah. So, yeah. Why would you buy something more expensive and slower for your yeah. workflow? Huh. So well, I, so that all that to say, as I'm really excited to see what AMD <laughs> is going to do after Alder Lake comes from Intel, like, are they going to do Big Little too? Right. I don't know. <laughs> what about what about this graphics card from Intel? Oh, the the oh, Arc. what is it called now? Or Alchem uh, Alchemist? Arc. Yeah. Yeah. Arc or Alchemist or is it actually Alchemist or is it? I know I've, it's like I've, Arc, but is that supposed to be short for Alchemist? I've I've seen Alchemist in relation to uh now I gotta look it uh, up. The, the how the Intel you... Alchemist GPUs. So I think that's the, the Alchemist. The um like the model group that they're calling it, and then Arc, I think, is like maybe their chip. The chip. So Arc is like it? Arc is like GeForce. And Maybe. Alchemist is like, you know, 3080 or 3000 series. <laughs> the dumb thing is, you know. Is now called Alchemist will rival NVIDIA. Yeah, so. Yeah, dumb thing yeah, is, they've if changed you Google it. Intel ARC ARC, Google's like, do you mean Intel ARC ARK? You know, right, their like, specs page. Right. It's like, no, no, I didn't actually mean that. I actually want. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the ARC name because it's yeah, too much confusion. That's but. yeah, that's silly. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Arc is like going to be equivalent to GeForce, and then Alchemist is like the model name, I guess. The, the series. Well, because they also have the other ones. What what was it like? Battle Mage. Uh, I saw that. I saw that and saw that tossed around too. Basically, they're they're following D, you know Dungeons and Dragons there on. <laughs> <laughs> 
on there. Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. So oh uh, yeah, right now it's cold code name Alchemist. So yeah, it's just code names. So just right. like Older Lake, that's a code name. Okay. Yeah, Alchemist, Battle Mage, Celestial, and then Druid. Those are some weird names, man. This is what happens when you let your enthusiast like team into marketing or whatever. I don't know, but I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm. I guess there there isn't. It's all speculation at this point. Like nobody, these mm -hmm. things don't like for realsies exist in people's hands uh, yet. Don't they? I thought you could buy. Um, I thought, uh, I, thought I thought it was just them talking about it. They hadn't. There weren't real product yet yeah I maybe thought. you can't or maybe it's just like some laptops or something that like they're starting to do things on oh apparently intel's giving one away huh oh oh there's the gg1 uh was the thing they're like very early card i think i think went out and to yeah. some people and stuff oh okay but, yeah, I, I, I'm super excited about it. I mean, right now, like in our industry, mm -hmm. NVIDIA is just, it's just NVIDIA. Like AMD right. doesn't make any sense for content creation. It doesn't make any sense for, you know, like, like really like work, workloads. Um, like NVIDIA is just, they have a higher ceiling. They've got faster performance for your dollar. Um, AMD is gung-ho on gaming, and that's pretty yeah. much it. Um, and so I'm really interested to see what Intel is going to do because they're going to come in and they're going to improve like OpenCL, um, so like the, the backend stuff, uh, and that OpenCL improvement is also going to improve AMD too. Mm -hmm. So it's going to lift AMD up a bit. Um, so I'm really curious to see like what they'll do because in some ways that makes Intel and AMD and kind of a not allies, but like, they're not really working together. But AMD is going to benefit from Intel, yeah, somewhat. As long as Intel doesn't just like jump above AMD, and then you know, then AMD will just be. Man, uh, so I'm I'm trying to temper my own like expectations for for it, and I'm I'm kind I'm telling myself to expect it to be kind of in that lower mid. Yeah, I'd part expect of the, it to be like knee curve, you know. Yeah, like thirty sixty range. That that's yeah. that's what I would guess. Which I think would be great, honestly, to for like the general consumer. Especially, I mean, even yeah. even if all they target is is the enthusiast side of things, if it takes some of the pressure off of the market, so that like it makes it a little easier for the higher end, you know, professionals or even or even the higher end uh, enthusiasts to get like those top end Nvidia cards to do whatever it is they're doing, great. Honestly, like I think targeting that lower mid section is would be a smart play. Well, and it's a, it's a first gen product. Like you're not going to target the high end on a first generation product. Yeah. Like that that's way too much investment uh for you know the risks on that is just massive. So like no, we're not going to see anything. I I I expect it's a total guess here, but yeah. I expect like every generation they'll kind of climb up the stack one step. So mm -hmm. if this first one ends up being about equivalent to a 3060, I would expect the next gen be, to be able to go up to about, well, I mean, at that time it would be like a 4070. And then after that, like a 5080, you know, it just kind of like climb up, yeah. you know, one, one step each generation. That That's kind of yeah. what I would, I kind of hope for. Cause yeah, I don't want them Fingers to like, come up with like a Titan equivalent. Like that's just, it's, it's too fast for that. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I like the idea of them supporting more of that open GL environment too, as a, as a competition mm -hmm. to CUDA. Cause man, everything, 
and and that's all because Nvidia dumps tons of effort into into making it an easy to oh, use. Yeah. Like, Cuda is amazing. You know, a library I think is the right the right word, um, or whatever set of tools. The the whole Cuda environment is super easy to use, and if Intel can make make it easy or at least easier to use the OpenGL stuff, I think that'll go a long way towards. I mean, helping in the domination of the market too, because I mean. Everything, everything, scientific computing, yeah. all of the GPU accelerated stuff in Adobe products, all of that is CUDA, and and all of that is mm -hmm. Nvidia. Now they support like Adobe supports OpenCL. Yeah, um, it's just you, you'd only ever use G it if you're using aimed at OpenCL. GL C is OpenGL like is like graphics just, thing. No, it's, it's still <laughs> used. Uh, OpenGL yeah. is just like showing it. Um, in fact, Premiere Pro and After Effects they just moved from OpenGL to uh direct x 12 whatever oh, okay know. yeah well, uh, it's like it's, it's one of those things where like you see <laughs> the patches from people are like oh wow it's not using open cl now my mb card's gonna be better it's like no 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 no, it's totally different you're not gonna notice any difference <laughs> yeah it's just how it's displaying onto your computer onto your screen right. um but yeah hopefully it'll get a lot better because yeah i hear cuda is just like it's just so well documented and it's so stable and they mm -hmm. give good updates and whereas OpenCL, because it's a it's an open format. I mean, that that's the downside to open source is like a lot of people put in effort, but it's not like a, a, a there's like no a, unified a like, effort. Yeah, there, there's nobody steering the ship in a sense. Yeah, it feels like because I mean, Android is a good example. It was a, just a few years ago that Google really kind of took back uh, kind of a control over the direction of Android as a whole in the development sense. And I think that that helped quite a bit too. Yeah. But yeah, CUDA is just super focused and developers love CUDA. Um, so hopefully they'll do that with OpenCL. I mean, it's a little bit weird. Like I know on um, Mac OS, they're kind of discontinuing OpenCL. Like they're, they're trying to push people away from it because like a Premiere Pro again, um, mm -hmm. you used to be able to choose like, oh, I want to use OpenCL or do I want to use Metal um, right. on Mac OS? And now it's like, nope, OpenCL is gone. You can only use Metal. Wow. And like, so, I mean, it makes sense. Like why have multiple frameworks? Like why on Apple products? Like they control sure. everything. Why have multiple? <laughs> um, on PC, it's a little bit different because you still need OpenCL for AMD products or AMD right. GPUs. But so hopefully, yeah, this Intel stuff. I, I also do hope, so I know almost nothing about these so, except like Same. what Intel said publicly. So don't try, take this as any sort of like leak because I have no idea. Um, right. But I'm hoping that they'll build in a lot of the Intel QuickSync functionality into these GPUs. That's a good call. That That's would a, be really a cool. good point. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people might think, so QuickSync, what it lets you do is, um, I mean, the functional part for us is it has hardware decoding and encoding. So you can process like H.264 H. or HEPC uh, media way, 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 way better than just doing on your CPU. Um, and it's built into the CPUs that have graphics. So then it's called Intel QuickSync. And um, so you can use that to do all that decoding. Uh, Premiere Pro and DaVinci Resolve and stuff, you can now use the GPU for that too. So you could use like your NVIDIA card, which mm -hmm. might make you think like, oh, well, why would you need this QuickSync thing? Um, but it's because it's very, very specific. So like uh, NVIDIA cards only support a couple of the different flavors of these codecs. And if you're outside of that, yeah, you're too bad. Uh, yep. Whereas like QuickSync supports like everything on at least the, the 11th gen CPUs, uh, right. so the last gen um, and presumably 12th gen. So if they can get that, where like you can take, uh, if you can use an Intel GG or not GG one, whatever it is, Arc card, 
and now you can actually decode like HEVC four two two ten bit. That's huge because yeah. you can take that now and put it into like a Threader Pro Pro system, and like people will use it just for that. Like, because mm -hmm. not that many people like in Premiere Pro. Like, you don't need a ton of GPU power. Like, yeah, if you're doing like noise reduction, sure. But yeah. a lot of people like that's either a separate pass or it's you know it's something different or like they just put up with it. Like to be able to actually like, play your footage real time, that's way more important. So mm -hmm. people will buy one of these Intel cards just for that if they can have you know hardware decoding of all of these different flavors. Yeah. So I'm I'm no. hoping they do that. That that is a huge value add. That that right there is enough of a reason for us to carry it in our product line. If it doesn't have right. that, we probably won't carry this first gen because like. No, a new product that's not better than NVIDIA yet? <laughs> no, why? Yeah. But if it had that, I'd be pushing to carry it. Has has Premiere Pro changed? Because I'm looking at your article for H.264, H.264. All right, yeah, it, it would be, it would have to be DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci, okay, because I'm <laughs> yeah. looking at the yeah. chart and I'm like, it's it's 8-bit 4.2 and 10-bit and 4.2 that is, that's okay with. Yeah, yeah, Premiere Pro doesn't have great hardware decoding support. They, they yeah. support the basically bare bones, you know, what you'd probably have on like your phone. Uh, but then your phone's going to be variable frame rate, which is going to make it suck also. So, you know, um, yeah. but yeah. yeah, Resolve is the one that has support across on the, the software board. side yeah. for like pretty much everything. Yeah. yeah. And the only like hardware that has that all that support is going to be the 11th gen quick sync. But so mm -hmm. again, yeah, if they could tie that into the video card. Now that's kind of hard though for much, Resolve because right? Resolve, Resolve needs a lot more GPU power than Premiere. So it's kind of like, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to take your trade off. Hmm. Unless well, you can that... have, you know, if, if it's a low end card, like if you can take their lowest end Intel GPU and just basically use it as an accelerator, like if it's just like something that you can just plug into like an X4 slot or something and oh, like man. it's passively cooled or something, like, yeah, whatever. Get two, you know, RTX 3090s for your GPU and you throw in an art card to use for GPU to, or hardware decoding. That's like best of both worlds. That's amazing. Oh, that would be that'd super be... cool. Man, if Ooh, if because but doesn't that doesn't that then start leading toward where we were a few years back with the with the Phi cards, right? Like that was like mm. an attempt at a GPU that didn't go all that well, so they turned it into a compute card. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I, I'm still <laughs> hoping that they'll do this though, because I mean, it would we've make kind a lot of sense. lost. It's, yeah, we, it's we've lost really... these like specialty uh, accelerator cards. Like we yeah. used to have uh red the red rocket uh x uh mm -hmm. the rocket x card was for red and like gpu now and i just use gpu um now apple has their ProRes afterburner so that's like mm -hmm. finally there's one that actually kind of does something but like yeah you only really need it if you're doing like 16 ProRes quad four streams like yeah okay <laughs> someone doing like you know the, the, the five C the seahawks might need that. it yeah yeah <laughs> but like no one really you know in like editing needs it but yeah. something like this would be like so yeah, that's, yeah that's a, that is a really good point if they can if they if they do integrate that that quick sync stuff into into these graphics cards they'll make a huge yeah which probably well, they make it more <laughs> yeah. okay. that's that's a, a whole nother thing but yeah i think it would make sense though i it would just give them more leverage honestly it would just make more yeah. sense for the to for somebody to pick it up um even even if it is just an extra piece to it, yeah. Yeah, heck, give it a three hundred, five hundred dollar price tag. Our customers will buy it in addition to you know everything else in the system. Like if yeah. it could be an add on card that lets them decode oh, anything, 
Yeah. That'd be, yeah. I, I can see that making a huge wave. That'd be really cool. Yeah. The, the, the hard part is it makes it a huge wave in a very specific, like, you know, industry. <laughs> yeah. So but, I mean, will just, they decide it's a big enough industry? I don't know. Well, because at that point you wouldn't have to like, you wouldn't have to, you could just take any footage from anything, whether it was like a drone or a camera or, a, or your, you know, film or a phone that was on set as well or whatever and, and play around with it without having to do any extra steps. That's yeah, just yeah, feed it right all now, into one big project and not have to worry about it. That's yeah. Cause right now I know our support department's already having to talk to people like, okay, Hey, what footage are you working with? And they say like, Oh, it's H264. Okay. Well, what's the chroma subsampling? What's the bit rate? What's the, what's the color depth? And people are like, I, I don't know. Just, here's my, my camera's this. Yeah. And so to not even have to deal with that anymore. Cause I know we tell people right now, sometimes like, Hey, looks like your camera actually supports HEVC. If you move to that, it'll be like smaller file size, better quality, and it'll be able to process better because your computer has hardware decoding support for that. And like, great. It's great that we can tell people that and give them recommendations, but it'd be nice just to, have anything have work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that and sometimes they can't do that. Sometimes like their camera doesn't support HVC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to tell them to go buy a new $5,000 camera. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, cool. All right. We did. We, we've reached a little bit over our hour for, for today. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on or show off or anything before we go? No. Uh, the only thing I can think of is, uh, let me see. Uh, I do know we are doing a stream with uh, School of Motion uh, on, I, I want to say it's the 17th, but I'm not 100% on that, um, about After Effects Beta. We're, we'll be talking with, with their guys, the School of Motion. They do like courses for motion graphics. They're amazing <laughs> guys. Um, and I think someone from the, uh, the After Effects team is also going to be on that stream as well. So uh, if you follow School of Motion or us, keep an eye out for, you know, some, you know, things on social media about that stream. Because that should be a really, really solid stream getting really yeah. deep into the After Effects uh, multi-frame rendering. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much that uh, for, you know, giving us a little peek into what you've been working on lately. Uh, yeah. Man, uh, this, this is good stuff. Uh, I feel like there was a bit of a time there where things were just kind of meh. There wasn't a lot of real exciting stuff happening outside of, I mean, there was like some cool stuff happening in mobile and whatnot, but um, you know, it's good to see, it's good to see some big jumps in, in workstation, like the stuff that we focus on the most It's really good mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Right on. Um, hold on. What, one last question. What was notebook brand with the guy that had a realist windows light? I don't know what that sentence means. Mm -mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure myself. Sorry. Great daft get, um, but uh, yeah, you we'll, to, we'll you wrap it join up. next week. You can ask yeah. again next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, next week we're having uh, Jared, our uh, one of our uh, tech consultants, on. We're gonna get a little peek, a little bit of you know. You guys can ask questions of uh, one of our. I hate to say sales guys because that's not really what they do. Um, they're not there to sell you really. Um, but a tech consultant uh, get a little idea behind the process and things, and take some questions, get some cool, interesting stories on how we help people out um, with their work work stuff. So it'll be really good. Um, so thanks, Matt, for taking your time out of the day to join us today. Uh, thank you as well to the audience for joining us today. Uh, we do this Wednesdays now for some of you who may uh, still remember we used to do this on Fridays. Uh, we're now Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, yeah, mark your calendars. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much, and we'll see y'all next time. Bye. See you guys.